welcome to the City Life Podcast. We want you to use the podcast as a way to engage with our teachings, hear from our wider family and encourage you where you're at, serving Jesus everywhere. We hope you enjoy our time together each week and are inspired and encouraged to discuss, worship and act together as part of the family. This week on the podcast we've been speaking to Polly and Lewis Hodges about um, compassionate community and worship. Um, It's been great to speak to them so really hope you enjoy this and Remember, at the end, we're going to be just chatting through some ideas of how you can engage your families in this topic, talk about it and bring it to life a little bit in family. So stick around at the end for that. On top of our podcast this week, I have a prize. I have a box of chocolates for the person that can tell me which television show are we distracting our children with while we record this podcast. If you know, just comment. And um, the first person that comments the right answer will win themselves a box of chocolates. So, enjoy! I'm here with Polly and Lewis Hodges. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast this week. Thanks for having us. No worries. Um, So, we are here to talk about compassionate community and particularly compassionate community in relationship with worship. And I thought you guys would be perfect people to talk to about it because I know you guys are um, a family really that have centred your lives around worship and intimacy with Jesus and fostering that sort of rhythm of worship in your life. So yeah, really appreciative that you uh, are talking to me this week. No pressure. (laughs) (laughs) So no, let's just just go straight into it. Um, So talk to me about Compassionate Community and talk to me about the role that community has played in your lives. So I've really enjoyed listening to other people's like, experience of compassionate community. And actually, when I thought about it, um, I've probably come up with something slightly different again. Okay. Okay. Um, so when I... I think compassion dominates quite a lot of the last 10 years of our lives, I guess, since we've been married. Um, and particularly, I like my work life. So for mm. me, when I think of compassion, I think of, you know, its origins of compati, which means to suffer with. Mm. Um, and... So I guess when I think about what does it look like to be compassionate, it's to sit alongside people in mm. suffering. Mm. And it's been a real journey both at work and I guess mm. in what we've done with fostering and adoption and actually within community. Yeah. Is that what it looks like? Yeah, so I'm a, a GP and cool. I think I started trying to fix everybody and rescue everybody, but I've actually learned that Jesus' model of walking alongside, mm. sitting with, in suffering and kind of earning that right to occasionally point to truth is actually my role Mm. and so that's you know we live alongside a gorgeous boy who has trauma and a lot of that looks like suffering Mm. um, for him and so we've had to learn what it looks like to sit alongside that Mm. and keep pointing to the one who is truth and who is love Um, and not trying to rush through that process which is what I prefer to do. (laughs) So, I mean, similar in terms of um, my my church experience in Southampton was um, largely formed by uh, Flower Justice Church, mm. where 
I think we kind of all all gathered around each other, um, uh, possibly similar to what Polly was saying. Maybe there's a bit of a rescuer mentality there, but there was certainly the compassion of being around um, people who are suffering and wanting to help, wanting to muck in, mm. and um, and so that's where my heart's always been, um, and certainly through our transition into city life and and through that we've we've learned some really good lessons about mm. um getting alongside and empowering mm. um and yeah so 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 through that I mean that's led me to do my job at greenhouse and mm. um walking alongside people um in my workplace as well as what Polly's talked about our home life mm. um but in our workplace just trying to bring people um, into a relationship with God just very slowly, very subtly, you know, pr- praying each day with the guys and um, and just kind of being there for them, being that bit of stability for them um, and pointing pointing everything to Jesus. Um, but yeah, it's moved by that heart of compassion and that's kind of why we're in the situations that we're currently in. Yeah. In terms of like your worship lives together, have there been any experiences that you like either individually or, or shared or as a family that have led you into that place where you want to foster in community this intimacy with Jesus? Mm. Yeah, because actually not the solution, but the most beautiful thing is to bring the presence into those moments of suffering or whatever is going on. Actually, if we can foster the presence of Jesus, then it all changes. You know, however long I speak to somebody about techniques or medication, if if we can actually encounter the presence of Jesus, everything changes. And so I guess that's where worship in a kind of whatever that looks like, but with the presence of Jesus comes in for us. Um, We used to do quite a lot in our, I guess, our Flowers of Justice years and also our student years where we would just gather and uh, pray and worship regularly mm. in a rhythm. Um, and then again, we did it for about three years with my sister and a, a funny little group over in B- Bitten, um, but just committed to do it every mm. week. Mm. And it just takes time to build that uh, safe space. That's where we mm. learn about singing out and um, like worshiping with the words, so singing out scripture. Uh, and I suppose, latterly, that's what we're doing with you guys. So we get to meet every Saturday with you and Andy and our families, and we just make space for the presence, right? And mm. I mean, I love it. It's, it changes the week. Mm. Wow, same here. <laughs> yeah, no, ab- absolutely. And um, like Polly said, just driven by the presence of God and the love of God that, that um, I've always met God through worship and experienced his love in that way. So just trying to walk with people, um, kind of lead them into that. So Greenhouse, we've done a few worship sessions over the years, um, mm. just as a Greenhouse group, mm. which has been awkward but fun. Um, and uh, it's ever-changing dynamic, actually, so I haven't done it for a bit. But um, just trying to yeah cultivate, um, just bringing people mm. into God's presence, mm. right? And and that, uh, for, uh, for Polly and I, is it's just getting into worship and um, getting st- stuck in with people at the same time. Mm. And I would say, like, worshipping as a community, it does take a bit of time. Like, Lou and I, when we first got married, 
try to do it and it was just so awkward and so painful for I would say a number of years it felt like a bit of a discipline mm, mm. Yeah. I guess that's because you kind of have to lose all of this I don't know maybe expectation or stuff that you bring to it so mm. I would just say it doesn't it doesn't happen overnight and it's not like a magical mm, thing mm. there is a bit of um choosing to commit I think mm, mm. no I would agree with that how do you feel like it works so bringing your children into that and I know children it's not often like a, I'm gonna sit down and sing for 10 minutes mm-hmm. sort of thing so how have you brought your children into that sort of environment of worship and and, and place of God's presence mm. in a way that I guess feels successful to you or, or does it mm. you know yeah I would say two things the first is someone who did the parenting for faith course once gave me an image of just continually have a window up in your life and let your kids see how you're encountering God if they can always see how you're meeting with God, that is irresistible. Mm. And so just naturally through me playing the piano, choosing to go out and sing mm. rather than sitting down and watching TV mm. or um, being excited about having friends over to mm. do that, George has naturally decided, well, actually, I want to do this. So he learned mm. some chords and now that's his go-to. Mm. I mean, it won't necessarily be worship, but he goes out and plays the piano two or three times a day and mm. that's his... So I think almost just modelling how you encounter God and they will get excited about that and they will pick that up Mm. for sure. Mm. And the second thing is we just put it into rhythms. In in lockdown, it was a bit of a grace for us. We had morning and evening devotional time Mm. and we changed it up, but we'd often just do some singing out um, around the piano, not for very long. Mm. Um, Kept practising different things. We've done writing down right well let's just spend two minutes just imagining what God wants to say to us and then sharing that just there's so many out ideas out there yeah anything that's ever worked for you um again just put it into your family and again it will take a few weeks for the kids to go oh and they might still go mm, but at the end of it I find yeah. that they never do yeah. it was like oh that was actually quite fun <laughs> <laughs> well I uh, yeah I was um I often crave a little uh, listen to a podcast or a sermon uh, maybe a little bit more at length and um and through this same process George has been up a bit later in the evenings and uh so we we'll, so I was kind of like well I don't well, I don't want to just waste this evening um I, I want to kind of hear from God so we started putting on um some devotions we found uh found a guy from I think Elevation Church who just George kind of got on with and so we started listening to that every day and uh um, just kind of watching on the TV is kind of engaging for George and the, the characters engaging as well And but just kind of you know that desire to be fed um, by God's word and desire to seek God just filters through mm. and I love um, I know Bev and Nikki have been talking about just osmosis and uh, and your kids just picking up basically picking up your faith and, mm. and move, moving on with it and um yeah, so our desire, we always have worship on, you know, in our in our own lives, just wanting to worship or wanting to be fed has led to the kiddies wanting that as well. Yeah, and I guess the, the counterpoint to that is when it starts to go wrong is when I've lost my desire for, like, the presence of Jesus and I have got out of habits or I stop going out to sing and then I try and conjure something just for the family mm. and it always then falls down <clears throat> because really it's not authentic if I'm doing it because we should be doing it and we're, I feel like my kids might be missing out or something mm. then actually I'm not bringing this desire or hunger 
that is the very thing that I think kids pick up on and go, oh man, if you want this and this mm. is amazing, then I want mm. it too. Mm. Um, and I've always said, I will never be part of worshipping at church on a Sunday, for instance, if I'm not regularly doing it at home. Because mm. otherwise you're just not, yeah, well, yeah. for me that just doesn't work in terms of if I'm not seeking the presence on my own, then I'm not sure I should be trying to lead others in like publicly, you know. No, that's great. Okay, so compassionate community is one of our church values expressed through all that we do across the whole charity. Um, how do we, as a worship team, as a church, as individuals, as groups, how do we express compassionate community through our worship? That's a tough question, I'm mm. realising now, as I say it. I just think of like the word to gather. I just think if somebody is struggling then the, the most beautiful thing you can offer to do is to gather with them. And then what does that look like to worship? Well, how do people find it easy to encounter God? Is that through sitting down and drawing and prophesying over each other? Or is it through singing? Or is it through putting on a DVD and just worshipping together in a room? Like, whatever it looks like, to gather and to call upon the name of Jesus together. But yeah, I mean, for me, it looked like uh, at work, one of my colleagues was going through some serious, crazy times and um we just you know he we, we just kind of had a big hug um mm. you know in the middle of work he broke down into tears and we just prayed and mm. to me that was worship it was mm. you know it was compassion and we were together and, and and the other boys in work were there and kind of witnessed in this moment but and that's mm. it's, to me that's you know if someone's in need you just meet them where they're yeah, at, and yeah. it's not like oh, we try and bring God in. It's it's this this situation mm. needs God. You know yeah. what can I do? How what mm. can I say? You know, often can't say anything, but a hug mm. is is way more um, mm. than words sometimes, and that for me is just bringing them into the love of God, really. Yeah, I remember God speaking to me about. Um, my heart being worship, like a wor- having a worshiping heart, mm. and actually that really being a real game changer for me because I recognised whatever I was doing, whoever I was with, yeah. that heart of worship was just part of who I was, mm. and therefore actually for you guys also fostering that heart of worship, that intimacy in your lives, actually wherever you go, whoever you're with, whether you're talking to a patient or yeah, a colleague, you know, you just bring that in to to your places and spaces. Um, great. I just wanted to say on the note of compassionate community, when when we became parents, it was less easy to welcome in uh, our house people who are vulnerable mm. um, for the sake of our our kids, and uh, and that's potentially just a seasonal thing, or um, you know, God. So for me, I I went from a, a case of being connected with loads of people who. Yeah. needed compassion um and love to being connected with hardly anyone because of family life and um and my my yearn and desire is still there to connect but um i just haven't yeah just it kind of feels less but yeah. you just do what god has put in front moves of you. yeah moves you to do and it's put in front of you and i think that goes back a little bit to what karen was saying about like these things are seasonal and mm. in terms of the way we 
work out compassionate community mm-hmm. will be different depending on the circumstances of our lives and that that's okay yeah and, and I, not to feel any pressure yeah. about that or yeah, I love when Heidi Baker talks about stopping for the one. You know, whoever it is that's in front of you, whether that's your child for eight years that needs you or that's, you know, a hundred different people mm. at soup cafes, whatever that is, mm. stopping and giving them the time and saying, what's God saying right now? Okay, thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate your time. It's been just so lush to talk to you. And, um, yeah, thanks. Thanks. Great. Thanks, it was so good to talk to Polly and Lewis this week. Um, just really have been encouraged to be able to spend some time with them over the last few months and um, a bit longer than that really. Um, and thinking about what we could do this week to engage our families and some of the activities. Now, as I've said before, there are activities in the resources page. There's more games, there's things that people can do in response. But I was just really inspired by what they were saying in terms of bringing their families into a rhythm of worship, which is really non-pressured. So one of the things that Polly said was just spending two minutes just saying, using our imaginations to say, God, what do you want to say to us today? What, what If you were going to speak to us, what would you say? And spending two minutes just drawing or writing or imagining what that might be and sharing it together as a family around a table, maybe around a meal. Um, other things we do with our family, we would play the alphabet game of thankfulness, um, which is just running through the alphabet and just saying things that we're really grateful for and use that as your act of worship as a family. Um, we've also got things like um, cheering people on at a park run or um, thinking of someone that you'd like to sort of just come alongside and, and ask about how you might be able to do that. Um, but yeah, I just felt really inspired that actually as families we could just start establishing these rhythms even though they maybe don't feel easy to begin with of like a really short thing um, to do together. So I hope you find some life in that. I hope you enjoy having a go at things. We would love to hear from you. Um, next week we're going to hear from Dan who is kicking off our February um, topic which is um, our second value of empowering. So looking forward to um, hearing from Dan next week. Okay well be blessed everybody. Have a good week.